So in chapters 41 to 45, which we've been doing over the last little while, we discussed various meditative paths to attain reverence and love of Hashem. While the techniques varied, they all required some serious contemplation, some serious work. But what if you're not ready for that, or you've tried it and it's not working? The next four chapters, 46 to 49, the Tanya will share with us another method, which is more of a reflection rather than a full-blown meditation. So even if you cannot manage a sustained focus on a single idea, you should be able to manage this method. In his words, V'yesh derech yashar, there's a straightforward way for a person, which is applicable to everyone, v'karov hadavar, and it is within reach, ma'od ma'od, very, very much within reach, to cause this glowing love which is wedged in your heart and latent there to awaken and shine. In other words, even if you're low, and as they'll say, dafko when you're low, specifically when you're not in a great space, these are the, the right reflections that can get you out and might work much better than the, the meditations. This method will awaken within your heart the love so that it shines powerfully as if it were a fire burning palpably, palpably sorry, in your heart and mind to devote your soul, your body, and your possessions to Hashem with your entire heart and with your entire soul very much from the most genuine part of your heart. You might imagine that since this method is straightforward and can be used when your spiritually flame is very weak, the results will be poor. The Tanya assures us that no. On the contrary, this method will awaken the most passionate and devotional love in your soul. And this method is particularly effective when you say the Shema and its blessings, as we will explain in chapter 49 at the end of this discussion. What is the straightforward way? Kasher, when a person takes to heart the verse from Proverbs, from Mishle, Kamayim haponim alponim, as face reflects the water, so, so the heart of man to man. Which means that just as water reflects back a, a face similar to the one gazing it, a happy face reflects a happy face, a sad face reflects a sad face, the same is true with a person's heart. If a person's heart is good to his friend, his heart's friend will be good to him too. If he's nasty, he'll receive nastiness. Now this verse should be interpreted as saying something automatic, that just once a person shows a f- the image and form of his face into the water, the same form is visible there in the water, exactly the same way when one's heart loves another person devotedly, then the first person's love automatically causes the love in his friend's heart to be stirred against to, uh, towards him. Basically, if somebody doesn't love you, in simple English, it's because you don't love them enough. So that the result is that they both love each other and devoted to each other. This is true even if a person merely knows of his friend's love or he senses it, and especially in the case when he sees his friend's love overly expressed to him. Now, this is natural, instinctive, and automatic behavior pattern of all people. It just is. It's not only a lesson. It's not an ethical lesson. It's a psychological reality. And this will now be expressed. Even more so, he says, an automatic mirroring of emotion will occur even if the two individuals are of equal status. All the most, all the more so, will love evoke love if a great and influential king demonstrate his abundant and intense love to an ordinary citizen. How much more so when he invokes the love to a citizen that's disgusting and the most lowly of men, disheveled and cast in the garbage. 
The first point which the parable wishes to make clear is that while love will automatically evoke love even amongst equal men, the result will be much more powerful if a great individual shows his love for someone shameful and seemingly unlovable. And more so. This king expresses love. The king travels down along with his ministers from his glamorous location to meet this low citizen. And the king not only greets him, but lifts him out of the dirt and brings him dignity. And to express love, the king not only you know, does that, he brings the citizen into his palace, the royal palace, where ordinary people cannot usually enter. And the king doesn't just bring him anywhere in the palace, but brings him room by room to the most exclusive location, to a place where no servant or minister may enter. And if that's not enough, the king interacts with him with a close and genuine interaction, with hugs and kisses and absolute unity with all his heart and soul. Now, if, the love, if love evokes love in even ordinary circumstances between equals, then in the most extreme case, there will definitely awaken spontaneously a doubled and redoubled feeling of love in the heart of this ordinary citizen, and most slowly a man towards the king's soul. A real soul connection <clears throat> from the infinite depths of the lowly man's heart. And even if the lowly man's heart is usually insensitive, like a heart of stone, it will surely melt, and his soul will pour out and will really pine with love for a king. Now, tomorrow we'll unpack the nimshal, the lesson of this parable. That, but you don't need so much imagination to really understand the power of this reflection.